How is everyone today? Yeah? Yes, amen. Amen. Good to see you all this morning. Uh, guys, I just, uh, can you guys hear me okay? Okay. Um, just going to flip this over. I don't like distractions, but we got to keep on target since I kept you late last week. And I apologize by that. Um, who is new this week? Okay, so a good amount of you. And what I will do is I will rehash a little bit to catch you up on where we were last week in order to press in more. But um, I just really, it's, it's so, God is, is just amazing in the flow of his Holy Spirit. And it's, I don't want to say it's comical, because that's the wrong word, but when none of us talk, and I had, um, I had a couple different things that were like bubbling in me to just chat about with you guys today, and it's crazy because what, what we pressed into right at the end of praise and worship is kind of where I'm going to go right from there. Because I believe that Holy Spirit has been prompting you in certain ways. It could be consciously or it could be unconsciously right now, which is fine, but we're going to press in. But I, you know, being in the presence of the Lord... He tells us that we go from glory to glory, right? Sometimes it might not, and it might not feel that way. It might feel like, oh, but I, I kind of feel like I'm in a ditch right now. So glory, like this is glory. But what he says is that because he's a good father and because he wants to take care of us, he brings us from glory to glory. That's his role. Our role is to empty ourselves, in order for him to fill us up. So imagine, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a little demonstration here. Okay. So in order, so, so just imagine that this is you. Oh, I poured it too soon, dang it. But you saw me do that. So just imagine that you're pouring yourself out right now, Okay. And you are completely empty. Nothing's in here. You might feel this way inside. You might be experiencing this in um, an area of your life. And if you don't take out the yucky stuff in order for him to pour it back in, when depending on the role that you are in your household, wife, mom, sister, friend, colleague, and someone starts coming at you, like, June, I just, I, I, I need prayer, I need support, I need encouragement, you will have nothing to give them, okay? This 
this right now, what I want to do is I want to I wanna empty our hearts. I want to provide an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to start moving in you so you can then be filled up and then your cup can overflow because that's what we're made to do, to have an overflowing cup. On my way here, well, actually this whole week, um, it's okay, last Thursday talked. And then, you know, the enemy, oh, he is, you know, he doesn't have new tricks, he just does the same thing over and over and over again. And it was like the things that I decided to throw away and give up and surrender to the Lord, it was like there was debris that was left, right? Which is then lies, um, false beliefs, Fear, guilt. Yep, resentment. So, what's so interesting is from Thursday until this morning, on my way to, no, twice this morning. So, I was like, all right, I know what you're doing right now, Lord, and I will listen. There was garbage trucks everywhere. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. Okay? So in my office, at home, in my chair, I have like a bird's eye view. We live on a cul-de-sac, and we live on the end of a cul-de-sac. I have a bird's eye view of our street. And you know that those fire trucks, or fire trucks, yeah, I need the fire, but um, those garbage trucks, they have that certain engine sound, right? So throughout my week, starting from last Thursday after I was done teaching here, until this morning, literally, I am not joking, every day but Saturday and Sunday, I'm like, What? What, what, what is going on here? Garbage trucks coming up my cul-de-sac, right? This morning, this morning, um, I work out early in the morning. This is no coincidence, and I want to tell you, 5.45 a.m., I am pulling into the gym. There is a garbage truck <laughs> behind me, and I've been going through some. I'm in a season right now, and... I sat in my car, and I was a little early to my class, and I'm like, Lord, I hear you. I just need to know what else do I need to dump. You know what I mean? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. So I chuckled. I'm like, all right, I, I'm fully aware. Because you know our God, when he tries to get attention, it's always repetition, Right? And, and it's like there's a spotlight on it, and you're like, have there always been this many garbage trucks around? <laughs> you know? But then I was thinking, no, he's making a point. Yeah. 
So this morning, on my way to church, I passed two. The funny thing is about the second one, I'm coming right up from Ivanrest, and stuff starts blowing out. And sure enough, the garbage is right smack dab in front of my truck. And he says, do you want to keep living like this? And I'm like, I just need to know what else you want me to throw away. Like, I thought that I've surrendered everything. But I guess not. And it's a process, right? It's a process. It's a process. So you need to give yourself grace in the process of surrendering whatever he's asking of you. I wouldn't necessarily say it's an event, I would say it's a process because our hearts get so calloused, like we talked about last week, because of life and all those other words that I don't necessarily need to repeat. You know them, shame and guilt and all of that, that they get so calloused and then pretty soon it's like it's so hard that it's even having a hard time pumping the blood through your body. Do you remember, um, who watched Snoopy growing up? Do you remember Pigpen? You guys, think about that analogy. I'm walking, I got dust, and then, and, then, and then guess what? I start hanging out with girlfriends, and they're getting my dust. Yeah, no, no. We don't want any Pigpens in here, right? And we don't need... We don't need the debris of things that we've already thrown away to come back and disturb our walk. Because if God is the God that was the same today as he was long time ago, you know, he, he wants to restore. Just like Karen said, he does not want to pick up those pieces and trying to glue them everywhere. He wants to restore and make new. But in order for him to make new, you need to what? And release. And that's an action, and it can be very scary because of the unknown. Whatever area in your life that needs to be released, it can be scary because we're bent to areas of comfort. And when we step out of the boat, dump everything out, and basically come over here, throw it away. I mean, imagine, just imagine things he's showing me. I'm going like this, you know, and then finally I get down, like down there, you know, and it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll just hold on to it for a little bit longer. And that's what he was showing me today with these garbage trucks. It's no coincidence. I mean, you might say, well, Danielle, no, I'm sorry. No, no, he wants us free. He wants us to release these things. He wants to empty 
so he can fill what's good. And then this can just be overflowing and be like streams of living water that's refreshing. And this is the thing, like, he made me, he made you, he wants us to walk in freedom. But if you aren't willing to open your toolbox, right, and to take your heart, like we talked about last week, to hand it to him, put it on, put it on his lap, walk away, then put your headphones on because this is how we hear the Holy Spirit, right? Because we have to be careful who we're listening to and start doing life in a way that we don't, we're not pig pen that we don't have all of this debris going. The act of surrender is literally to the point of not where you're just like this and you're like this the whole time. Meaning, like laying down. Like I just imagine like, okay, Lord, I surrender. You know, I mean, it's an action on our part, but yet that action produces rest because it's, it's releasing all of this stuff that we don't need, that we picked up along the way. Um, I want to start out with scripture in Isaiah 40, 28 through 32. This is so great. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those, us, who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint. Like, let's, let's look at this a little bit. His understanding is unsearchable, meaning uncomprehensive to our human mind, meaning he understands what he's asking you to give up. He understands it. But it's not like he's going to take it away and then that place will be void. He's going to fill it. He's going to fill it because that's what he does. He, he, he exchanges, give me that so I can give you this. This will be way better for your life. This will allow you to be propelled into your next season. But if you keep this, I can't help you because you're not listening to me. The question would be, who are you listening to then? And why? What has that voice done for you? Did that person die on the cross and promise new life? Remember the four points, because this is very crucial as we walk through this. Because this is going to be your foundational security to stepping into what God is asking you to release. We talked about four things, that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
that's based off of Hebrews 13, verse 8, where it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We talked about that. We have to be able to trust the one that we are believing in for the victory. We have to. We have to trust with a capital T, or else we're not going to submit period. If you don't trust, you won't. So then I ask myself, what am I not trusting? Like, if you made me and you know what's best for me because you say for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, why am I holding on to this junk? Ah! And it was quite like, on my way to church this morning, I was getting a little, like this morning at, at 545, it was humorous. And then at church, when, when the debris hit me, I was a little like, I, okay, I'm ready. I don't want this debris to hit me. I don't want the stuff that I threw away to come back at me and get me. But see, that's what the enemy tries to do. That's what he tries to do. does not have new tricks. He does not. He just tries to get in where we've been wounded because that's the easiest place to start bugging that place. Number three, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from a place of victory. That is very important because that's a mind shift. Once you get that in your heart, that you're fighting from a place of victory, that you know that God is our front guard and he's our rear guard and that he's the alpha and the omega, when you know this, it's going to give you inner confidence. Not confidence because of who you are, what your name is. It's because of who he is in you. That's very important to remember. And that is based off of Luke 10, verse 19. I have given you authority over the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. Hallelujah. Right? Like, that's good news. Number four, you have to be able to listen to the one that is giving instruction. And we know that is Holy Spirit because when Jesus left this earth and went to and went on to heaven, he said, I'm going to bring someone you someone to you that is better than me. And that is Holy Spirit. And that is based off of Psalm 91, verse 5. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. Those four things are very important to know as you're walking through this because it's your security and it's your foundation because you keep going back to it. And the reason, and I will always tie to scripture because this never fails. And the one thing I will tell you, and I challenge you because, and it might be foreign, start digging in here. It is holy moly. It is amazing. And I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but to be honest, like, this book, it's alive. And because he's alive, it's alive. 
And when you go out with the word in you, it can discern spirits. Because you know the truth, right? If you don't know what's in here, how in the world are you going to know what's already been granted to you? And if... And, and, and that's not condemnation, not at all, because there's no condemnation in Christ for those who love him. Absolutely not. It's conviction. It's a challenge. It's like, know your stuff. Know your stuff, because it's only going to help you test the spirits when something comes at you. You'll know, because the truth will set you free. Free from e even like accepting something that's a lie, that's not from him. It will instantly, it says that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. That it will cut through bone and marrow. What that's saying is, is that when you are falling astray, and if you come back here, he will show you. But, okay, so I, <laughs> me and my little, um, I am just such a visual, so this is, so this is, I guess, how I'm, I'm teaching. So, like, okay, so let's say I have these on, and it's not letting me see clearly, but I'm still walking through life, and I'm, like, stumbling a little bit because it might be a little blurry, and, but yeah, I think I'm hearing him, but I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing. You know what I mean? Like, what goggles do you have on? What? And if there's words that are coming into your spirit right now, write them down. He's speaking. If there's something that keeps flashing, like a memory or like a, an incident, he's working. He's working right now because that's who he is. He does not want you to leave here the same way because when we're in his presence, we don't. We don't. We don't. It's, it's a promise. Okay. One person that I, I want to focus on today is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 18, actually. We're going to dig in a little bit there because it is such a correlation to what we're dealing with. And let me give you a little bit of background on Jeremiah. One thing that I have learned is that when I am digging into the word, if I don't understand the context, like I could read it and be like, oh, that's nice and great. But if I don't understand the background of it, it's hard to like put it into practice. So let me just give you a little bit of background about Jeremiah, okay? So background of Jeremiah, he was a prophet of the Lord, his name means Yahweh exalts. Interesting fact about Jeremiah is a lot is known about him in the Bible because he has given so many glimpses into his thinking, concerns, and frustrations while he walked on the, on the earth. And one of the biggest things that we learn about Jeremiah is his obedience, especially in chapter 18 with the potter and the clay. A verse that I want to read before we get into Jeremiah 18, and this just shows you that the thread 
of God's word intertwines. It's crazy. It is crazy. Like as you start digging in, you like jump over here and then you jump over here. And I'm like, look it. And when he's repetitive, he's trying to show us something. So in Isaiah 64, verse 8, it says, Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. And you are our potter. And we all are the work of your hand. Think about that. Visualize that for a second. Jeremiah 18 The word came, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, the potter was. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hands, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do it. We're just going to break this down a little bit because I don't want there to be any confusion. A potter at work, okay? So let's envision this. This picture shows a potter working at a wheel, Many passages in the Bible compare God to a potter and his people to the clay he shapes into a vessel. This passage stresses that God has to do the right thing he wants to do to the clay regardless of what the clay thinks. Ouch. But... Do you think that he wouldn't want to make the vessel beautiful? I mean, he's a good father. Why wouldn't he spend, like, so much extra time shaping and molding and perfecting? Like, think about that. Like, he wants to present it. Like, look at, look at all of this handiwork. That's you, That's you. That's what he wants to do with you. Isaiah 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter, and we are all the work of your hand. Isaiah 49, verse 9. Woe to him who strives with him, who formed, woe to him who strives with him, who formed him. A pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your, your work has no handles. Like, think about that. Like, would you, like, if God is shaping you, would you look up to him and be like, what are you doing? Like, think about that. No, he intricately 
wants to shape and mold you and reshape you and mold you. Romans 9, 20 through 21. But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? No. When God is asking you to give up something so he can in turn shape and mold you into what he is intended for you to be, it's for good. That's why listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in order to be shaped and molded is so important. Isaiah 29, 15 through 16, I mean, this is how much he talks about this. You have everything backward. You treat the potter as a lump of clay. Does a book say to its author, he didn't write a word of, of me, Does a meal, this should get us as women, say to the woman who cooked it, she had nothing to do with this. I mean, think about it. Especially us women who have the gift of hospitality. Like, think about it. Like, think about if you welcomed someone into your house. Let's just picture this. My doorbell rings. I walk up. I open my door. Oh my gosh, hi. So glad you're all here. Come on in. Welcome. Sit down. Can I give you coffee, tea? What can I get you? Let's say a couple of you started walking around my house and like, why do you have this picture up here? What? Like this rug? Are you kidding me? You know, and each time I'm like, but I worked really hard to make my house a home for you and why are you doing that? I welcomed you in, just like Christ welcomes us in, and then we come around and be like, but I wanted to carry that. But I I just, I I don't want to give that up in my life. You just don't understand. And he's like sitting back and saying, I formed you. I know things unsearchable. Why are you questioning me? And he doesn't say that in such a, a way where he's going like this. It's more of like, my daughter, just give that to me. Give it. There's a picture that I have been pondering on a lot these last couple weeks. And it's of this little girl, and she has um, this teddy bear. And, and God's in front of her, and she's just holding this teddy bear. She's so excited, loves it. Oh, just it just makes me feel so good. And God's standing like in front of her going like this. And she's like, no, I don't want to give it. You know, she's over here. No, I don't want to give it. I don't want to give it. And he has one hand behind his back. And the thing that he wants to give her is like 10 times bigger than what this little, I mean, this little teddy bear is just like right here. And he's asking, will you just, because just wait what I have behind you. He never takes something away and doesn't put in what's better for you. Now, the reason why we don't want to give it to him is because we're, we're fearful. And it, would, it might change the pattern of our day or our life. Or, well, what, what, what would people think if that wasn't in my life anymore? 
Okay, fear of man. Ouch. So Jeremiah's task as a prophet was to declare the coming judgment of God. However, throughout the book, we also see God's concern for repentance and righteousness in individuals as well as nations. This dual focus is seen in God's instruction to Jeremiah. When he says in verse, um, chapter 1, verse 10, he, he says to pluck and to break down. Okay, well... Think about that, of what we're talking about, shaping, molding our heart. Um, But also to build and to plant. Yes. Another theme that the Lord, that the Bible talks about a lot is um, sowing good seeds and reaping a harvest, right? So if to build and to plant, I mean, I don't know about you, But I want to harvest, and I want to allow him to build and to plant. Think about it. If you're a gardener, what do you do? You go out to your garden, and you you wrap up all of that, like right after the spring, and the ground is hard. You got to get that soil. Sometimes you need to add some fertilizer. Same thing with the heart, right? You need to release in order for him to start shaping and molding and forming and putting and putting you. Like, I, I imagine that the potter's wheel is very similar to just stepping into the throne room with him and just saying, have your way, Lord. Have your way. I'm really scared because, like, wonder if I don't know what to do with myself after you t- pluck some things out of my life that shouldn't be there. Wonder if, wonder if I, I just feel lost. I mean, you guys, he's a good shepherd. He leaves the 99 to get the one. He would never, never, and this is where the debris, the enemy, comes to be like, are you kidding me? Really think he's going to do that for you? I mean, measly little you? Yes. He is, because he is a good father, he's a good shepherd, and the, she- and the sheep hear his voice. You just have to be willing to allow your heart exposure to the love, because perfect love casts out what? Perfect love casts out what? Absolutely. And his love permeates us to the point of pliability. I'm going to say that again. His love permeates us to the point of pliability. Where our heart can get rid of all of these things. So I have... I was like, okay, how can I envision this? But I, I'm such a visual, and I do think that they're impactful. So imagine if these, like, little, um, but they're big, because this would just be, I just didn't have arrows. But imagine, so we have, we have all of, we have life, right? We have mother wounds. We have father wounds. We have identity, wrong identity, who we are, all of this stuff, right? All of this stuff, okay, just imagine, it's in here. 
and I'm stuck, and it's stuck on me. But imagine, okay, this is the stuff that he's like, let's take this out. Because this is, this is getting calloused right here, and this is, this is not good for you. And this is hindering you hearing me. You hearing the Holy Spirit, who I've sent to be your counselor, your teacher, your guider. If you don't get this out of here, you will stray. Does that mean that he's going to stop loving you? No. Does that mean, though, that you're walking in the best that he has for you? Right. So, I remember the very, I remember, I don't even remember how many years ago it was, but I remember Holy Spirit starting getting really loud with me, and I was like, is this how you speak to me? Like, this is kind of cool. Okay, I get, I get this relationship. And I remember that he would start having me do kind of some crazy things, not like, like walk down the street naked or anything like that, like not like that, but like think about it. So like the, the nature of God and all that he does is to uplift, to edify, right, to sanctify and to bring closeness. So he uses people to come and, 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 and love on us, but he also uses impressions and all of that. And I remember he kept asking me to do things for him that were crazy town. But what I was noticing was the people that I was called to do these things for were blessed out of their mind. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I, I get this. And then, and then another task came, and I would do it. And another task came. And I would do it. And a lot of times I didn't know why I was doing it, and that is perfectly fine. But the reason why I was doing it was to honor him. Like, if you have me here for a reason, and if we are supposed to walk in life with other people, then I want to be used by you. I want to be a vessel. I want to be a filled-up vessel to be overflowing in such a way that I don't question why you're asking me to do it, and it might be a sacrifice for on any level, but if he's asking me, it's for good, right? It's for good of the kingdom. So this heart, this heart that we all have, this thing in here, this is a delicate one. This takes on the bulk of what we experience in life. Some of us need to have a spiritual open heart surgery. Some of us need to literally take out these arrows that have come and attacked your inner man and have pushed who you are down, where really on the outside you could look like this, but on the inside you're just hurting so bad. Do you know that he gives us tools in our toolbox besides our heart to fight those arrows? And it's called the shield of faith. Do you know that in the armor of God that our backside is not protected? Do you know who's back there? You better believe it. Doesn't that give you confidence? 
Like, think about it. He's our front guard and he's our rear guard. He gives us the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. He's giving us all of these. But if you don't know that, there's no condemnation, but it's in here. And it tells us how to combat those arrows that are stuck in here that should not be in here. Because our heart is not meant to carry that. And since it wasn't made to carry that, it will naturally get calloused. And then you will start, if you haven't already, being pig pen and walking around in bitterness, anger, resentment, shame, guilt, all of these things. And then when someone comes and needs love, you're not going to be able to do that because you can't even do it for yourself. And so there's this inner battle that goes on. You recognize it. I firmly believe that we recognize it when it's happening, but we shut it down. Shut it down. I don't want to go there. I'm not going to go there. And I'm just going to keep going. I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll, I'll be fine. And then the debris comes. And I run over it. You know why? Because he's saying it's right there. You see it. Why? I mean, it could, even, it could have even injured my car. But if you really think about it, I, don't, I could care less about my car. But it's like it could injure your walk. It gets in the way. It becomes a stumbling block. Move it out of there in Jesus' name. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart. This is a promise. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart, or remove a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and, and, and be careful to obey my rules. This is a promise. But there needs to be an exchange. Okay? It needs to be an exchange. Jeremiah 24, verse 7. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, and for they shall return to me with their whole heart. He's not saying, I'm going to take your heart and run away, and I'll come back later. No, he's saying, I will be your God, and you're my people, you're my daughter. You just have to give me your whole heart. Matthew 6, 19, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasures. Earthly treasures. Material things. Cosmetic things. Status quo. Those are all flesh, right? Where's your heart? 
What position is it in? What's it longing for? And if it's longing for things of the flesh, why? What are you covering up? Why won't you release the very thing that is hindering you, that's creating this brick wall between you and the Lord? Where did you learn that from? Why do you still want it in your life? Luke 6, verse 45, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is a really good verse. I always know where I'm at, how I speak to my kids. I always know where I'm at. And sometimes I want to throw up in my mouth. Like Danielle, that is ridiculous, uncalled for, and go to your room. Like Dan Seaborn said, like go to your room, you know. Um, and then what's so interesting is because I've done, I've done a lot of heart work on me, I know my wounds, I know uh, my bents, if you will, I get so mad at myself. Like, you know better. You don't speak to them like that. You were spoken to like that as a child. What are you doing? You know, and then, and then, um, I don't know how many times, it's been a lot, and it will continue to happen because I'm human. I will come to my kids. Tears. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? I did not, you are not that type of person. I am sorry. I'm just mad. See, we have, we have some work to do. I'm saying as a group, we do. It's not crazy. Because what I wanted to do when we, first, when we first got in here, what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how, so this is my prompting. Um. <laughs> it is. Right, in Jesus' name, right? Bottom line, there's a war for your heart. Bottom line. And in order to close the door, to put the lid, to seal the deal, to open your heart up, in order that he can start doing the heart work, you need to first take an action. Because faith is an action. And I know this is crazy. I know this is crazy. And I, and I probably am really crazy. But I will tell you, that lately, I have been warring in my house, literally. Like, I'm thinking if anyone would see me, they would probably think I'm a whack job. And that's fine. But this is the thing. When we declare what, our, what we're given, the enemy starts going, oh, wait a second. Who's that person? 
You know, when we start going out, no, you are not going to steal my destiny from me. You are not going to come in and tell me that I'm not worth it. You are not going to come in and tell me that I'm not free from that. Like, these are the things, guys, we got to get mad. But like a righteous anger. You know what I mean? To the point where... It's like it's not cocky. It's like that you know that you are on the firm foundation, you are in the solid rock, and you know what's granted to us in here. Then you have every right to empty, to take out those arrows, and to throw them away. You have every right. Don't be scared. Even if you're like, but I don't really know what this looks like. He does. He does. So what I want you to do is I want you to press in right now. And you might not have something fresh on your mind. You might, but I have a feeling you do. Even if it's a statement, even if it's, even if, you, whatever. Even if you just write, here's my heart, Lord. Here's my calloused heart, because we're not going to throw away our heart. We're going to throw away our calloused heart so he can give us a new heart. I, before you leave, I'm not telling you you have to do this. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do this. But I, I'm not telling you that you have to. But I'm going to put on some music. And I want you to battle it out with Holy Spirit. And there's the trash. And I promise you, I promise you, and not because I'm Danielle, I promise you because this is God and he is a good father that he will start giving you things to replace what you just gave him. It's an exchange. The heaviness needs to go in Jesus' name. Truth needs to be the thing that sets you free. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I just, you know, I'm just, I'm going to play this song. It's amazing. It's by Lauren Daigle. It's, 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 it's called Here's My Heart. And I just want you to spend time with the Lord and throw away and don't you dare go chase a garbage truck. <laughs> throw away what needs to be thrown away and and continue this dialogue with the Lord. Continue the dialogue with the Lord that he will continually show you. Remember, it's not an, ev- it's not an event, it's a process. But this is the first step. <laughs>